turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Well, it looks like New Zealand could use our Second Amendment. Yep, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, promised after the mass shooting there a, a week or so ago that killed 50 people that they're uh, that she would be confiscating the guns of people who had nothing to do with the shooting, and she came through on that promise today. I absolutely believe there will be a common view amongst New Zealanders, those who use guns for legitimate purposes, and those who have never touched one, that the time for the mass and easy availability of these weapons must end. And today, they will. Today I'm announcing that New Zealand will ban all military-style semi-automatic weapons. We will also ban all assault rifles. We will ban all high-capacity magazines. We will ban all parts with the ability to convert semi-automatic or any other type of firearm into a military-style semi-automatic weapon. We will ban parts that cause a firearm to generate semi-automatic, automatic or close to automatic gunfire. In short, every semi-automatic weapon used in the terrorist attack on Friday will be banned in this country. Well, that should make her feel good, you know, like she did something, because you always have to do something, even if that something will have nothing uh, to do with solving the problem. Now, that 28-year-old maniac who did the shooting, he actually said in a manifesto that he did it because, and this is a quote, uh, the effect it will have on, this is why he did it, the effect it will have on social disclosures, the extra media coverage, and the effect it could have on American politics. That's what he said. Now, does anybody really think that this maniac uh, would have turned his gun in and not done the shooting if the prime minister had made that announcement six months ago or if they had passed the law six months ago. Of course, it has had uh, an effect on American politics, too, as you would expect. Lots of Democrats are out there praising Ardern. And the number one Democrat, and they have her, they, they get her, she's number one, he's everywhere. That would be the clueless Alexandria uh, overrated Cortez has already tweeted that uh, what the Prime Minister did in New Zealand is, quote, what leadership is all about. And she and most liberals think the same uh, should be done here. You can bet on that. And that's because they have no idea what the Second Amendment is about and why it's there. It's not about self-defense. It's not about hunting deer. Uh, the best explanation I've ever seen on why we have the Second Amendment, uh, why it exists, came from Judge Andrew Napolitano, the guy you see on Fox News. And I saw this uh, piece uh, six, five, six years ago, maybe, I think, 2013, something like that. Um, and uh, I saw it in the Washington Times, but it was everywhere. And the headline is, The Right to Shoot 
tyrants, not deer. And I'm going to read some of the stuff that he has in here. And everybody should be required to read this. You can disagree with it, but this is why it's there. You can disagree with uh, the notion that that it needs to exist, but you can't. I don't think you can disagree with why it's there. Uh, and he, he points out here that the country was founded based on the principles of the natural law that have animated the Judeo-Christian tradition in the West. It's uh, And as we have been created in the image and likeness of God, we are perfectly free just as he is. Thus, the natural law teaches that our freedoms are pre-political. So they they exist no matter who, uh, whether it's, uh, what's her name, Ardern or uh, overrated Cortez. Whoever's in, in power, these rights exist before they ever existed. Uh, a natural right is an area of individual human behavior like thought, speech, worship, travel, self-defense, privacy, ownership, and use of property. And he writes, uh, this is Judge Napolitano, he writes, The essence of humanity is freedom. Government, whether voted in peacefully or thrust upon us by force, is essentially the negation of freedom. The, uh, as, as a little aside here, uh, the founders... Uh, considered, and they are quoted as saying so, that government is a necessary evil. It would be better if there was no government at all, but you can't have no government. But whatever, so it's a necessary evil, so you want to have as little of it as possible. So government, whether voted in peacefully or thrust upon us by force, is essentially the negation of freedom. Throughout the history of the world, people have achieved freedom when those in power have begrudgingly given it up. Now, he, he points out uh, Julius Caesar, uh, King John, uh, had forced signing of the Magna Carta, uh, from and, and all kinds of other stuff, uh, and the allies at the end of World War II, fall of communism, all that stuff. Uh, that was the giving, the, the giving up of power for freedom. But he says the American experience is the opposite. Because here in the United States, each human being is sovereign. This is all about the Second Amendment. It's, you know, it's not complicated to me. American experience is the opposite. Here, each human being is sovereign, as the colonists were after the Revolution. Here, the delegation to the government of some sovereignty, the personal dominion over self by each American, permitted the government to have limited power in order to safeguard the liberties we retained. So, he writes here, Americans gave up some limited personal freedom to the new government, this was uh, the founding, so it could have the authority and resources to protect the freedoms we retained. The freedoms you were born with, the government exists to protect those freedoms that they di- the government didn't give you. You had, it when, had them when you were born. Individuals are sovereign in America, not the government. This constitutes liberty-permitting power as opposed to, as he says earlier, as opposed to power permitting liberty. And then he writes, Since the government derives all of its powers from the consent of the governed, and since we each lack the power to interfere with the natural rights of another, how could the government lawfully have that power? It doesn't. Now, he writes, uh, As recently as two years ago, this was written in 2013, I think, so this is like more like eight or nine years ago. Anyway, as recently as two years ago, the Supreme Court recognized that the right to keep and bear arms in one's home is a pre-political, again, pre-political, government has nothing to do with it, individual right that only sovereign Americans can surrender and that the government cannot take from us absent our individual waiver. In other words, we'll tell the government what we won't uh, be allowed to have. The government won't tell us. Now, 
he mentions here that there have been practical historical reasons for the near universal historical acceptance of the individual possession of this right. The dictators and monsters of the 20th century, from Stalin to Hitler, from Castro to Pol Pot, from Mao to Assad, have disarmed their people. Now, here's the this is the um, this is the argument that most people I don't know about most people, but many people, and you will have a hard time running this one by someone who is in favor of gun control. And you hear people say, "What do you need an AR-15 for? Who needs it? You don't need that to hunt deer." And this is where Judge Napolitano uh, covers that, and this is why I like this piece. He says, The principal reason the colonists won the American Revolution is that they possessed weapons equivalent in power and precision to those of the British government. If the colonists had been limited to crossbows that they had registered with the king's government in London while the British troops used gunpowder when they fought us here, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson would have been captured and hanged. He says, We also defeated the king's soldiers because they didn't know who among us was armed because there was no requirement of a permission slip from the government in order to exercise the right to self-defense. You hear people saying we should have uh, background checks, registration. They, uh, most people, even even Republicans and some conservatives, are okay with more permits. And this is the argument against it that uh, it, it, people think that it's a, about self-defense and shooting deer. It's not. It's about protecting yourself against the power of the government. Today, the limitations on the power and precision of the guns. This Again, this is New Zealand. Remember what she said. No more of these weapons. She rattled off all the weapons that they're not allowed to have anymore. Today, the limitations on the power and precision of the guns we can lawfully own not only violate our natural right to self-defense and our personal sovereignties, they assure that a tyrant can more easily disarm and overcome us. That's what the Second Amendment is about, That's, that the government knows that people out there are armed, and they're armed seriously, and if you mess with them, you're going to have a fight on your hands. The historical reality of the Second Amendment's protection of the right to keep and bear arms is not that it protects the right to shoot deer. It protects the right to shoot tyrants, and it protects the right to shoot at them effectively with the same instruments they could use upon us. Uh, I saw a movie uh, last year, maybe a year before, uh, called The Zookeeper's Wife. If you get a chance, check it out. It's about um, a zookeeper and his wife in, um, in I think it's Poland, uh, World War II, and the Nazis were, uh, were uh, rounding up the Jews. And this, the zookeeper and his wife were Jewish, and they were hiding people in the zoo. Uh, they were living in the cages in the zoo, and they hid them there. But th- in the course of the movie... There were scenes where the Jewish people got a hold of some guns, and they were able to fight against some of the Germans instead of just calmly doing what they were told and walking into the boxcars to be taken away to uh, concentration camps. There were scenes of the the Jews arming themselves in the ghettos in Poland, and a lot of people were saved because of it. Uh, and um, and the point that uh, Napolitano makes is that that's how that's why you need the Second Amendment. Because uh, there's examples. He gave the example of uh, Nazi Germany 
um, and the Nazis of why people, the, the citizens need to be armed. He says, most people in government believe that the exercise of everyone's rights is subject to the will of those in the government. Most people in government believe that they can write any law and regulate any behavior not subject to the natural law, not subject to the sovereignty of individuals, not cognizant of history's tyrants, but subject only to what they can get away with. Did you empower the government to impair the freedom of us all because of the mania and terror of a few? I think that pretty well sums it up. Uh, Maybe you think that's crazy, and a lot of people do, but uh, it's right up my alley. And the the headline says it all. The right to shoot tyrants, not deer. Here's just a – speaking of shooting tyrants, uh, and I don't know if if murder is ever uh, justified, um, but – would the people of Venezuela be a little bit better off if uh, a guy named Chavez had been assassinated? I don't know. I don't know how many years ago it would have uh, had to take place. Maybe they wouldn't be eating their pets right now because they would have been able to uh, overthrow the government or be at least uh, stand up to the idiocy of the socialism that's ruined their country, cost people their lives, and uh, is. Not even close to being over yet, the turmoil and the disaster that is Venezuela. But uh, there you go. The right to shoot tyrants, not deer. We'll be right back. Why get stuck with a Medicare plan that leaves you at a disadvantage? Medicare open enrollment season has been extended through March 31st. This is John Steigerwald. Take advantage of your final opportunity this year to make a one-time switch to real Medicare coverage that includes traditional Medicare Part B and the Part D prescription drug plan. The team at Marley Financial knows Medicare is confusing. They know you have questions, and their team of experts can guide you through all the options available to help you make the best choice possible. A comprehensive Medicare plan that lets you access any doctor or hospital you want without a referral with lower deductibles and co-pays that are little to none. A Medicare plan that's focused not just on cost, but quality. Don't get stuck paying thousands in out-of-pocket expenses. Call Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496. Deadline is March 31st. That's 724-884-1496, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. When we look back at our last trip, John, to Haiti, and we see how bad things were with families that were going two and three days without feeding their children, who routinely said, we get our water from the gutter. I'm John Steigerwald, and your business could be the answer to saving lives. Food for the poor is Paul Jacobs. On one side, an animal uses the water to relieve themselves. On another side, a mother is trying to get water to give their children to drink. Food for the poor, an organization that operates at 95% efficiency. 95 cents of every dollar they spend goes directly to help the poor. Become a business benefactor with the answer today. Make a $1,200 tax-deductible gift to Food for the Poor, and we'll give you $1,200 in free primetime advertising for your business this year. Your gift will feed nearly four families for a year and provide water for life. Imagine that. Food for a year and water for life for four families, all because of you. Call 412-937-1500, 412-937-1500, online at theanswerpgh.com. Offer ends March 31st. 
Hi, this is Fred Dreyer, former Rams defensive end. Football season just ended, and you can bet teams are already hard at work scouting new talent for next season. But if you're running a small business, you need to know where to go to find top recruits. LinkedIn, it's where people go every day to make connections, grow in their careers, and discover new job opportunities. LinkedIn Jobs takes the time to learn more about who you're looking for and then recommends the qualified candidates you want to spend time talking to to make a quality hire you're excited about. Customers rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires and posting your job on LinkedIn gives you the best chance of finding and starting a conversation with your next star recruit. It's no surprise the new hire is made every eight seconds using LinkedIn. So build your winning team by posting your job opportunity on LinkedIn and visit LinkedIn.com slash solution. Get $50 off your first job post. That's LinkedIn.com slash solution. Terms and conditions apply. You watch what you eat. You're hitting the gym. You're doing your best to live a healthy life. But did you know that a bad night's sleep and a bad mattress can have a big impact on your health? Here at the Original Mattress Factory, our hand-built mattresses made of the highest quality materials provide the comfort and support needed to provide healthy sleep for years to come. To learn more about how the right mattress can help you achieve healthy sleep habits, visit OriginalMattress.com or stop by an Original Mattress Factory store near you. The gimmicks, the flashy sales, and the big markups. Mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose. Ron Trzinski started the original mattress factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality, offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost, and ditched the high-pressure sales tactics, all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the original disruptor. Stop by an original mattress factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Glad to have Amy Swearer here with us. She's from the Heritage Foundation. She's a legal policy analyst in the Mies Center for Legal and Judicial Studies. She writes a lot about gun control and gun laws. Uh, Thanks for being here, Amy, on short notice. Yeah, no, not a problem. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, um, I I just uh, went on a kind of a rant, and I I read everyone one of my favorite pieces, which was by Judge Napolitano, and it's uh, about how, well, the headline of which is, the right to shoot tyrants, not deer. Um, I think you know where he's going with that. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, your, uh, uh, I, I played the, uh, the soundbite from the Prime Minister of New Zealand, and she was rattling off all the guns that she's taking away. What's your feeling about that, about what they're doing in New Zealand? Because there's already there are already Democrats out there saying that's leadership and that should happen here. Yeah, well, on the one hand, it's not exactly surprising. Uh, I, I think sometimes uh, we in America, you know, we lose sight of the fact that we are one of the few countries, if not the only country, um, with a meaningful individual right to keep and bear arms. Um, there's nothing like that in New Zealand um, and the way that even just their political system is, is set up is, is very different in the sense of how they can implement these laws so fast, um, so quickly and so effectively. Um, you know, so, so that that's part of it as well. Um, so on the one hand, it's not surprising. Um, on the other hand, it is disheartening that you have uh, gun control advocates and uh, specifically Democrats right now in the United States um, who who are one saying this is a good idea, we should do that, and two uh, saying that uh, even though we have a Second Amendment right, um, that they know full well would prevent something like this um, from constitutionally happening in the United States. Well, do they know full well though? I mean, they'd like to change that. They they think oh, that they can absolutely. overturn it somehow. 
Right. Um, and it, again, it's, it's disheartening because where the conversation will go is not, well, we should repeal the Second Amendment, though there are some people who would argue that. Um, clearly, I think you and I would not. Uh, but they'll just essentially say, well, let's do it anyway. Let's ignore it. Let's pretend it's not there, um, you know, and, and implement these these gun control laws anyway. Um, and, and so in that sense, I mean, you're right. It's it's disheartening that, um, you know, a lot of these same politicians who are right now saying, well, why don't we just do what Australia did? Um, they are aware. I mean, everybody's aware that we have a Second Amendment, um, but, it, but it's a sense of, uh, well, who cares? Let's just ignore it and do it anyway. Well, as someone who deals with this all the time, has written a lot about it, and, and I'm sure spent a lot of time thinking about it, what do you say to someone who says, nobody needs an AR-15? I'd say come to the range with me, uh, because nine times out of ten, the, the people who say that are, are people who uh, have not done a lot of uh, firearms training, have not, uh, frankly, shot an AR-15, and, and really have no concept of why someone would want that for uh, for any reason, uh, much less for, for self-defense um, or for hunting, um, but but even you know beyond that um, is this sense of you know what is the purpose of the Second Amendment? What does it protect? Um, and in reality, it is one of the safeguards that we have for individual liberty. And you kind of hinted at this uh, in some of the things you, you just said just a little bit ago. Uh, you know, having an armed populace is one of the the greatest safeguards uh, against tyranny. And I think one of the reasons that we find it so inconceivable, you know, this this conception of, um, well, we're not just going to have the government come and, and, you know, turn into a tyrannical dictatorship overnight. And I think one of the reasons we can genuinely say that uh, is because we are armed. There really is no reality in which, uh, you know, the government is going to take on 300 million armed citizens uh, without more. I mean, so it really is this important safeguard that we take for granted so often um, that, that this is one of the ways uh, that we safeguard our, our scheme of ordered liberty is, is by having this right to be armed. And who was the idiot Congressman Slawell who said that uh, it was in a discussion on Twitter with somebody and he said, well, we'll just uh, the government will just nuke you. you so you don't doesn't matter what what uh, arms you have. He actually said that. Yeah, I, I do recall that. And, and I think, again, it, it underestimates uh, just what sort of impact, you know, the, the knowledge of having 300 million armed citizens has against any tyrannical government. Um, but even that being said, I don't think it would ever get to that point precisely because the Second Amendment exists as, as one of a number of safeguards that we have in this scheme of ordered liberty. Um, you know, it's, it's not the only safeguard, but it is an important one. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's really just that conception of the government's not going to nuke us because it's, the government's not going to get to that point uh, precisely because we have things like the Second Amendment in place. And once you start pulling those out um, one by one, whether it's the Second Amendment, the First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, once you start pulling those out, um, that whole entire scheme of ordered liberty starts to crumble. Uh, you wrote a piece for the... Um, um uh, Heritage Foundation just about a month ago where you talked about um, the current state of laws regarding mental illness and guns. Um, what, what were you writing about there? I think it was wrote yeah. about, about the Parkland shooting. I only have about a minute and a half left here. Yeah, so the, the short version is uh, we wrote a number of papers essentially looking at, what does the United States need to overhaul its gun policy? And the answer is really no. There are things we can do. Uh, we know how untreated mental illness really impacts 
uh, rates of, of gun suicide and rates of, of mass public shootings. Um, so there are things we can focus on other than just broadly saying, you know what, we're going to undermine the Second Amendment and, and take away a fundamental right uh, to keep and bear arms just broadly for everyone. Um, and, and so we looked at, you know, what are some of the ways we can do that in terms of, of untreated serious mental illness? And um, do, where do you see uh, this going with the uh, the Democrats? How far are they going to push this? How much will they use the New Zealand? I got about less than a minute now. Oh, uh, I mean, they'll they'll use it and, and push it as far as they can. Uh, I mean, the, the good thing right now is they don't have control of the Senate. They certainly don't have control of the presidency. Right. Um, so it, it really is just a, a lot of political rhetoric. I don't see anything getting passed in that regard. Um, but it is terrifying to think of if they did have control of the government and could pass it overnight. Um, I, I think there's little to suggest they wouldn't do that. Hey, Amy, I appreciate you uh, coming in on short notice, and I uh, wish we had a little bit more time. And I would like to go to the range and watch you shoot an AR-15 one, someday. But thanks. <laughs> thanks for being Thank here. You. All right. That's, that's Amy Swear of the uh, Heritage Foundation. And we come back, we're going to talk about some insanity in New York City. Stick around. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. In an executive order issued today, President Trump ordered U.S. colleges to protect free speech on their campuses or risk losing federal funding. Today we're delivering a clear message to the professors and power structures trying to suppress dissent and keep young Americans and all Americans, not just young Americans, like Ellen and Caitlin and Polly from challenging rigid far-left ideology. People who are confident in their beliefs... Do not censor others. The order tells federal agencies to work with the Office of Management and Budget to ensure that colleges receiving research grants promote free inquiry, including through compliance with all applicable federal laws, regulations, and policies. A good day on Wall Street as the Dow is up by 216 points. The Nasdaq rose 109. This is SRN News. Come on, kids. We're late. Honey, the car won't start. Mom, the dog just sat on my science project. Life can be stressful, but getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. At GetEthos.com, there are no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, no hours of paperwork or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply. And you can rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family. And in most cases, with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance shouldn't cause it. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to GetEthos.com. That's E-T-H-O-S. GetEthos.com. GetEthos.com. Hugh Hewitt says the media is already playing favorites. Reuters discovered a, uh, a very long story about Beto O'Rourke as a kid. He wrote some really weird stuff, friends. He wrote some murder uh, fantasy stuff about killing children. That seems to me mighty weird. If this was a Republican, the campaign would be over. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. Hurt in an accident? I can't help you. But if you've invented a new product, improved an existing device, or need help registering a trademark... 
Call me, Attorney Gary Topolowski, at 877-5-PATENT. I've been helping clients protect their ideas for nearly 35 years. Email me at patentlawyerpittsburgh.com. Ask about my discounts for veterans and seniors. 877-572-8368. Now's the time to pursue your dreams, but let's protect them first. In my 10 years of Food for the Poor, I have not seen anything like this since the aftermath of the earthquake. That's Food for the Poor's Paul Jacobs on the humanitarian crisis in Haiti. I'm John Steigerwald, and your business could be the answer to saving lives today. More in a moment. The political unrest had the fuel costs and a number of things that have literally cut off resources to the country has fueled a humanitarian crisis that we haven't seen this bad in years. But Food for the Poor, being a ministry in Haiti for more than 33 years, does the work of saving lives. Become a business benefactor with the answer today. You make a $1,200 tax-deductible gift to Food for the Poor, and we'll give you $1,200 in free primetime advertising for your business this year. We don't get a dime of the money. 100% goes to Food for the Poor to meet this immediate need. Your gift will feed nearly four families for a year and provide water for life. Call 412-937-1500, 412-937-1500, or give online at theanswerpgh.com. Do it now. Offer ends March 31st. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the AM 1250 Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to theanswerpgh.com slash shopping. And I'll see you at the club. Thank you. In traffic, we've got the answer. It's a busy Thursday afternoon. You're going to see delays on the Parkway East outbound Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood Swiss Vale. Some volume inbound Edgewood Swiss Vale to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West, very busy inbound stacking up Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel and heavy on the Parkway North from McKnight Road up to Union Avenue. Some good news on Highland Park Bridge. An accident cleared there, but still have a crash scene in Ross Township on Perry Highway at Lincoln Avenue. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. Mostly cloudy and breezy tonight with a couple of showers around. There can even be a snow shower in some spots later tonight, low 35. Windy and colder tomorrow with a few flurries and even a heavier snow squall for the afternoon, which could leave behind a coating to an inch in some areas. I-41, the low tomorrow night, 25. Brisk and chilly Saturday with some clouds, then sunshine, I-43. I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle on AM 1250, the answer. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Bill de Blasio is the mayor of New York City. He thinks that there's plenty of money up there, uh, but he just says it's uh, in the wrong hands. He'd like to be in charge of redistributing the money everywhere and has threatened to run for president. Um, And there are people in New York wondering what happened to $850 million that was handed over to his wife to run something called Thrive NYC. One of those people is D.J. Jaffe of the Manhattan Institute. He's an expert on mental health. He's the author of Insane Consequences, How the Mental Health System Fails the Mentally Ill. He joins us now. Thanks for being here, D.J. Thanks for your interest in this issue. I appreciate it. Okay, so what was the $850 million supposed to do for the mental health of the people of New York? Well, she got $850 million and said she was going to invest it in mental health programs. But the problem is is that she refused to spend any on the most seriously mentally ill. So, for instance, she wrapped social services like helping people get better grades, deal with gender identity, 
uh, cope with divorce uh, in a mental health narrative, even though those aren't mental illnesses, and distributed funds that way. So, um, I mean, there are, this, this is a story that's getting a lot of attention because it's a lot of money. It's $850 million, and they're having, they're tr- having trouble accounting for where it went. Now, you're saying it went to the wrong, didn't go to the right things, but you know, where did it go, and why, don't they, why aren't they able to let people know well, where it went? Well, they just released some data uh, uh, yesterday or the day before, and I just got done analyzing that. It shows that less than a third of the total expenditure is reaching the seriously mentally ill. So, for instance, a lot of it's distributed based on identity politics. It's going to help underserved communities of African-Americans, Latinos, the elderly, the young, the lesbian, gay, transgender community. But the funds being distributed are not going to the most seriously mentally ill within those subpopulations. They're going to community centers and trying to curry favor with with those groups. And as usual with stuff like this, much of it is done to make the people who are handing out the money feel good, even though it's not doing much good. Yeah, a lot of it's done because if you're a mental health program, what, what you really want is you want mental health funds, but without an obligation to serve the most seriously mentally ill. So if someone comes to your program and they need marriage counseling and someone's been homeless, psychotic, delusional, and has schizophrenia, you want money to serve the person who needs marriage counseling. You don't want to admit the other person. So the mental health industry has kind of convinced government to shun the most seriously mentally ill and fund all other things. For instance, uh, the mayor's wife will say she's funding prevention. But scientists will tell you that we don't know how to prevent serious mental illnesses like schizophrenia and bipolar disorder, and there'll be a Nobel Prize to whoever figures it out. So there's a lot of pop psychology being funded. Yeah, the the wife of the mayor is is named uh, Shirlane McRae. Um, So so this is another example of government waste uh, because the money isn't being spent on the right things. It's money being spent, but it's wasted. Right. Um, it is the most serious, you know, 20% of the population has something that's in a diagnostic manual, and that's mild illness like mild depression, anxiety, ADHD. But 4% of adults have a illness, meaning one so severe that they can't provide for their own health, safety, and welfare. And that's who government should be helping. We should be helping people who need help the most, not the least. We should be sending the seriously mentally ill to the front of the line rather than the jail, shelters, prisons, and morgues. And the plan of the New York, of the First Lady of New York, Shirlane McCray, is basically prioritizing the least ill Amazing. and shunning the seriously ill. So are they looking for the seriously mentally ill in all the wrong places then? Absolutely. For instance, they're doing outreach to schools, shopping malls, and places like that. But you can find the seriously mentally ill just by putting an outreach worker at the exit to the jail, the exit to the shelter, and the exit to the hospital. They all funnel through there at some point, but they're being ignored. And uh, is it a, is it a case of, of not being able to recognize the difference between somebody with a problem and somebody who's uh, seriously mentally ill, or is it just a matter of choosing the, which one to, to fund? 
Well, I, I think that, you know, I used to say I don't know if the First Lady is complicit or clueless. Yeah. <laughs> She's certainly been misled by the mental health industry. You know, she wrote about her own daughter who uh, had an illness, and she said very appropriately that the biggest barrier was finding a doctor. Now she's got $850 million, and she's saying the biggest barrier is stigma. Well, the homeless psychotic guy eating out of a dumpster isn't avoiding care because he cares what his fellow dumpster divers will think about him. He's avoiding care because there's no services for him. Okay, now this is New York City, and so uh, you're familiar with this. You've looked into this. You've written about this. Um, how is New York City different, or is it different from Pittsburgh? And uh, maybe just on a smaller scale here, uh, you know, the percentages of of seriously mentally ill people who are in the streets of cities. Right. Uh, the trend, the book, uh, insane consequences. It's about nationwide, mm-hmm. and the trend. We used to have a hospital-based system, which, by definition, served the seriously ill. Now we've moved to a community-based system which often shuns those who are so seriously ill, they would otherwise need hospitals. And I would be surprised if it's any different in Pittsburgh. Well, if, if, if I see someone um, on the city of Pittsburgh, in the city of Pittsburgh, um, you know, downtown at night and he's living under a bridge or he's you know, dumpster diving, um, how safe would I be to assume that he is seriously mentally ill? Well, it could be substance abuse, you know, it yeah. could be a whole host of issues. So, you know, certainly by just seeing what somebody's doing, you couldn't okay. diagnose them. Well, but when somebody's walking down the street screaming, I am the Messiah, <laughs> it is not because they think they're the Messiah. They know they're the Messiah. Their illness tells them it's so, and that's somebody with serious mental illness. I mean, if you remember, John Hinckley Mm -hmm. shot President Reagan because he knew, not thought, that that was the best way to get a date with Jodie Foster. That's serious mental illness. We're failing people with it. We're funding pop psychology and services for the worried well at the expense of the seriously ill. And that's why the rates of homelessness, arrest, incarceration, suicide are all rising. And I, I guess I keep coming back to the same thing here, is that, you know, how much of how many of the people who are involved in these programs are aware of what you just said? Um, the people running the programs are fairly clueless, um, and they're not bad people. Yeah. But, you know, it's very expensive to provide services for the most seriously mentally ill. And if you run a program and you have to meet payroll, you want money for stigma campaign. That lets you put your name on a brochure, doesn't require you to serve somebody with the seriously mentally ill. Now, there are exceptions. And the interesting thing is that as a result of this trend, and I don't want to horrify anyone, but I'm a liberal, but it is conservatives like Manhattan Institute, criminal justice systems, Republicans in general, who understand that throwing money at mental health is not the same as treating the seriously mentally ill. Unfortunately, my fellow Dems think they are the same. Now, why is that? Uh, as it's interesting that you said you're a liberal and you're involved in this, and you know this is a, a kind of a, of a conservative-type issue yeah. where you're talking about government well, waste. Well, it's like I saw I was at CPAC, and Van Jones spoke there. And he's a liberal, and he said, Mm -hmm. you know, conservatives have been really good on decarceration. 
And this is another one of those issues where the conservatives have been good. The Conservative Union Criminal Justice Committee is going to make, they did a great job on passing the First Step Act, and now they're going to start to focus on mental illness. I don't know why liberals don't adopt this. It used to be a liberal creed that we should help people who need help the most. And when it comes to mental health services, they're basically serving people who need help the least. I've never understood it. Got about a minute left uh, with uh, DJ Jaffe. He's the author of Insane Consequences, How the Mental Health System Fails the Mentally Ill. He's also with the Manhattan Institute. Uh, So uh, is it beyond the um, point of no return yet? How do you fix this? Well, it's interesting. The narrative, the identification of the problem is starting to become apparent. They were not focusing on the seriously mentally ill. You know, now we're calling anyone who suffered from bullying you know, needs a mental health counselor. When I was in school, if I bullied, I went to detention. If I got bad grades, I would get a tutor. Today, for both of those, you get a social worker. So we have to keep end mission creep, start focusing where the problem is rather than where it isn't. And, you know, there are people out there trying to do that, mainly judges, um, sheriffs, police, and conservative groups like Manhattan Institute. Don't get me started on bullying, DJ, uh, but thanks <laughs> thanks for being here. I'm out of time. Maybe that's something we'll discuss at another time. Thank you. Uh, all right. Thank you. <laughs> all right. We'll be right back. Are you about to pay double for roof replacement or repair? If you haven't called Windows or Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for siding, doors, gutters, downspouts, and roof replacement and repair. Factory certified by North America's largest roof manufacturer, Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure sales approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months on up to $20,000. Windows R Us will match any competitor's price. No hidden fees or surprises ever. Schedule a free roof inspection today. Mention AM1250 for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company. Windows R Us, more than a window company. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com. You have, in the last few weeks, the humanitarian crisis that we haven't seen in years. Food for the Poor's Paul Jacobs on the humanitarian crisis in Haiti. Your business could be the answer to saving lives. I'm John Steigerwald. More in a moment. Fortunately, Food for the Poor has sent dozens of containers into country, and we've been able to squeak by and get our food and get clean water to our communities, to our pastors on the ground, and we need your help. Become a business benefactor with the answer today. Here's how it works. You make a $1,200 tax-deductible gift to Food for the Poor, and we'll give you twelve. $1,200 in free primetime advertising for your business this year. We don't get a dime, nada, zilch. It all goes to meet the need in Haiti. Food for the Poor, an organization that operates at 95% efficiency. Your tax-deductible gift will provide nearly four families food for a year and water for life. Imagine that. Call 412-937-1500, 412-937-1500, or give online at theanswerpgh.com. Offer ends March 31st. My Pillow's Mike Lindell is on a mission to help you get the best sleep of your life. This is John Stoggerwald, and he certainly helped me. I love my pillow, as you well know. But now Mike has gone the extra mile, nearly 6,000 miles, in fact, all the way to Giza in search of the best Egyptian cotton in the world to create the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. 
MyPillow's Giza Dreams bed sheets. Luxurious, soft, breathable, and extremely durable. One night, and you'll never want to sleep on anything else. And right now, get a special 30% off MyPillow Dream Sheets with free shipping. Use promo code STAG when you call 800-716-8087 or place your order at MyPillow.com. 60-day money-back guarantee if you're not completely satisfied. Call 800-716-8087 or visit MyPillow.com and be sure to use promo code STAG for 30% off plus free shipping. That's 800-716-8087 or visit MyPillow.com. Sweet dreams from MyPillow. Pain or no pain, your wisdom teeth should be checked every year. If wisdom teeth come in properly and meet the right conditions, they are generally safe to keep. But left unchecked, they can put you at risk for gum disease, tooth decay, and damage to adjacent teeth. Some wisdom teeth grow in at such an angle that they never break through the gum, which can lead to tooth decay, gum disease, cysts, and tumors. These impacted teeth can only be seen on x-rays, so the damage they may cause can go undetected if they are not checked by a dental professional. Some people just don't have enough room for another tooth in their mouth so their wisdom teeth can affect adjacent teeth when they come in. This can make it difficult to chew, difficult to keep them all clean, and misalign your teeth. Not all wisdom teeth need to be removed, but they all do need to be monitored by an oral and maxillofacial surgeon. Find a surgeon near you for a complete examination. If your wisdom teeth do need to be removed, the procedure can be done in an office setting with minimal post-operative pain and swelling. Remember, pain or no pain, your wisdom teeth should be checked every year. Find your local oral and maxillofacial surgeon at myoms.org. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, there's something new and special I want to talk to you about right now. It's called Food for the Poor. And here at AM 1250, The Answer, we're looking for your help to raise money for food for the people of Haiti. A little while ago, I spoke with Angel Aloma. He's the executive director for Food for the Poor. Angel, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So uh, before we get into what exactly it is uh, you guys are doing, Food for the Poor, um, can you just give us kind of a, a summary of just how bad things are in Haiti right now? Basically, there has been a lack of clean water, a lack of food, a lack of money in general, and uh, the doctors and the hospitals that we support are telling us this could actually open up to the worst um, epidemic of, uh, of um, cholera and also of, of malnutrition, that they're seeing a lot of malnutrition coming in. Um, we have to understand that Haiti is a country that at best of times is in crisis. I mean, um, as much as 80% of the country is unemployed or underemployed, the large part of the population lives under $2 a day, which means that, they are, um, that that's what's defined as extreme poverty. So people are, are already living in this type of squalor, and then all of a sudden this happens now, and the protests and the tire burning and so forth. And what happens is that it's uh, all the downtown closed down some of it was looted and so basically food is completely short water is completely short and once they start drinking that contaminated water it's really troublesome particularly for the children whose immune system is already compromised yeah so um uh, where do you begin i mean what what this is it's just an uh, uh, an unbelievably bad situation where does food for the poor begin and and who are the volunteers who who see to it that this food gets to the people? And how many of them are there? And well, how do you do that? How do you organize have, that? In, in Haiti, for example, we have over three thousand churches 
and, and missionaries who are distributed. We have seven distribution centers all over the island, so the food is sent to them, and our projects department will go to a village and, and dig the well, have the well dug, and have the water pumping. But basically, it's the missionaries and the churches. We work basically church to church, church to missionaries. So uh, l- let's uh, run down what uh, people's money can get uh, if for, pe- if pe- for people who uh, choose to contribute, what that money, how much money uh, is needed and what each uh, uh, payment can go for. Well, for $320, we can feed a family of four for a year and give them clean water for life. Wow. What do we mean by clean water for life? When we build a well in a village um, uh, that, say, have a thousand people, um, uh, we, if that well, if the, if the pump breaks, they call, the community leader will call Food for the Poor and we replace that pump. If that well runs dry, they call Food for the Poor. We come out and we redig a well somewhere nearby to the village again that has water. So when we do a well, we don't just leave it and then they have to worry about everything. We actually maintain it for life. And uh, 500 for a family of six, I see here, $1,000 for 12 people. That's feed 12 people for a year. Um, uh, actually, yes. Wow. And water for life. And I would guess, uh, and how that you actually, uh, seeing this firsthand, can really get a feel for the good that this money is doing. Oh, I see it all the time. I, I see women who have gone to bed at night worrying that their children may not live to see the light of day. And when I go back there and they have clean water and they have food, they go to bed at night now smiling and thanking God that their kids are doing well. Well, uh, you're doing well and Food for the Poor is doing the job and uh, we, we're happy to help. So uh, what, how, how can people make sure that uh, you get uh, this money and, and get this food to uh, the people of Haiti? Well, they can go to the website and uh, and to your website, right. and they can give from there. And uh, they can. Oh, there are also phone numbers on the website that they can call. Um, basically, the important thing is not to leave it for two hours later or for tomorrow, because then life gets in the way. This is, uh, those who are who are inspired to give, and I know that your um, your listeners have been very generous in the past. Um, so, you know, they're inspired to give, to do it, because it's really a, an emergency. It's really a crisis that we need help right away. And here's a special offer for you if you're a business owner. If you donate $1,200 to Food for the Poor, AM 1250, the answer will give you $1,200 worth of advertising. No cost to you. We'll write and produce the commercials at no cost to you. Here's the number to call, 412-937-1500. That's 412-937-1500. Okay, and thanks to Angel, and uh, call in and uh, uh, pledge some money. Uh, that It works. It goes directly to the people in Haiti, and it, you, heard the, you heard the numbers there. Uh, 12, 12 families, food for a year, and water for life. Uh, I just want to quickly, uh, the, our previous guest, uh, DJ Jaffe was talking about um, how things have changed, and he says it's like bullying. Uh, he said, when I was a kid, uh, if, you got, if I bullied somebody, I got detention. If somebody bullied me, then uh, you know, I beat him up or I fought back or whatever. Now you have to go see a social worker. Remind me, uh, when my kid was, uh, my son was uh, in about fifth grade, fifth or sixth grade, he, he got in a fight on the playground. We got a call to the school to talk to the principal who, if I remember correctly, was slightly effeminate. 
And he said, uh, I, I think your son, maybe your son should see our psychologist. Uh, I think he has anger issues. And uh, he punched a kid on the playground. I said, okay. And he, we had a conversation. I left, and my wife, of course, as we're leaving, she was panic-stricken and wanted to go have him go see the psychologist. And um, I went, when I got home, I asked my son. I said, what happened? He said, well, this kid was grabbing my coat, and he kept grabbing it, and I told him to quit, and I punched him. I said to my wife, that's the end of the story. No psychologist. Forget it. Guess what's not going to happen anymore? The kid's not going to pull his coat. He punched him. And here's how it, also, here's how it would have worked. If, if he would have punched the kid and then the kid would have beaten up our son, then, then um, you know, he, he, wouldn't have, he wouldn't have messed with the kid anymore. And uh, that would have been the end of it. But case closed. Law of the jungle. It worked back then. I don't know if it'll still work now. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Right here on AM 1250, The Answer. See you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.